This, this, this is, is, Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Hello, I'm Adam. And I'm Nick. And welcome to This Time It's For Real. On this week's show, it is all about Tony Bellew. From being a bouncer at 16 years of age. Yeah. I used to stand on a DJ box and people like Paul Ince would come up to me and go, move out the way, kid. And i go, who do you think you're talking to? Don't look at me like I'm some kid. And he'd come in smoke. He was a professional footballer. He'd come in smoking his ciggies, bottle of champagne in his hand. And, and 20 women behind him. To dreaming about a lead role with Eva Mendes. My <laughs> missus might be listening to Yeah, this. but this is it. She knows what so. happens when that offer comes in and it says, who's the, who's the leading lady? Eva Mendes. Now she knows. Do you know what's mad, right? You know, in Hollywood, I'm DJ and we were sitting down talking about this and when you get to a really powerful place in Hollywood, you can choose the lead lady. We have got the lot. We'll also talk about his upcoming world title fight against Ilunga Makabu. The big thing is, can he take it? And I'm live, mate, when I punch. There's not a man in this world who I haven't hit, and they've gone, oof, he can hit anyone. Anyone I've ever shared a boxing ring with, hmm. sparring or boxing, anyone, I've, everyone's felt what I've got. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. We've been there before. We've been at Goodison before. He's won before, and he's done the business. Yeah. This one's a real one. It's not playing this time, is it, Tony? It's not, mate, no. Uh, I've been a world champion. I've defended <laughs> the belt at Goodison Park. But the only difference was I was pretty Ricky Conlon then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the movie stopped now and it's time to be Tony Bellew, so I have to do it for real. And uh, I believe you me, I'm going in against more than, I'm much more of a threat than Adonis Creed. I'm going in against Ilunga Makabu and this guy's the real deal, mate, believe you me. We'll get to him in a minute. I just want to apologise for my colleague, Nick. Uh, if you were listening to the show last week, you'll know that Nick did the show from his hospital bed because he put he pulled a muscle in his ass. Yeah. What, what's the actual diagnosis, man? That was spot on. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm juiced up to the eyeballs. So, to, so today, right? Listen, only, you're listen, only here no because way. it's Tony. Exactly. Right? I said you wouldn't have come no in for me. Way. I'm not making it to the studio. I'm telling you. When Tony Bellew's in the studio, that's a fact. That's it. Someone so just he's... contacted me as well. Can I come back at six tonight? And I say, there's any chance I can do it after we finish with Nick? I said, I'll come here for Nick, but I'm not coming back at six. For <laughs> so Nick is doing the whole show stood up. Yeah. This week. I can't sit down. That's it's why. A great view. It's like uh, we were talking to Tony Moran actually last week, weren't we? Tony Moran said that between rounds, now he doesn't sit down, he stands up for recovery time. So that's technically what you're doing right now. I don't think Tony Moran can sit down anymore. That's why he's about 49 now. The stools. The stools are also too low. The stools aren't high enough for him as well. He sits down, he's basically on his knees. Listen, speaking of that ring walk, before we move on, that pretty Ricky Conlon ring walk. How many times have I watched that? How many times have I watched it now and thought, if only, and now it's going to happen. This weekend, it's actually going to happen. Now, listen, people who listen to the show know, all my friends and family know, even Tony knows, I'm a copite. I'm a season ticket holder on the cop. But when listen, them don't stop the show like this, go, when, <laughs> when that Z car drops, the hairs on the back of my neck yeah, go, no. it's, uh, it's going to be a special moment. And, you know, as a fan, for me, it's going to be hard to control my You're emotions. Fan, you mean me? Yeah, but, uh, but <laughs> for you, though, how... how Next your emotions of that moment, though, Tony, you know what I mean? Can you can you put yourself there, or no, you're already distancing I yourself from it? I'm distancing myself, and I'm trying not to think. Do you know what? Not last night, the night before, I just woke up at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and Sprung I, up? What, yeah, just something woke me up, and I couldn't get the 
vision out my head of making the walk down yeah. the tunnel from the dressing room to down the tunnel. Is that how you're doing it? You're coming out the home dressing room and yeah. going down the tunnel? Yeah. Of course you are. Of course I am. <laughs> I had a couple of uh, demands when we when we agreed this deal and one of the demands was uh, a box for me missus and, and family and the home dressing room. Everything else you can do whatever you want with the ground. I said, but that's it. And, the home, and no one touches the home dressing room before I touch it, get there. Brilliant. And uh, the, the club the club just said, listen, it's yours. It's your home. Mint. So it was brilliant, mate. Some of the things, you just, I couldn't even talk you through all the meetings I've had, the phone calls I've had trying to get this on, but what I can say is, is I've pestered the life out of everyone <laughs> and anyone, mate. I, you know, the, the people just regret giving me their mobile numbers once they give me it because I, if, if you are in a position of power, you are going to be hounded by me to get what I need to, to get to happen. So, uh Eddie just puts me on, you know, call waiting now, I'm sure he does. Uh, the only person who would ever answer his phone to me every single time is probably the chairman, because he just loves to talk to me and I love speaking to him. And he's always Have you always me. been like that? Have you always been like that with your own career? Uh, I've always tried to be hands-on with my career, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because what I've done is I'm a student of boxing and I've always been around it uh, from a young age. So I looked at fighters from even early in the days. I remember going up to... Manchester with Paul Smith to watch Ricky Atten train and stuff like that and even at a young age then before I'd done my first debut title I was putting myself around professionals seeing how they behaved yeah. seeing how the contacts were listening to the talk about contracts and wages and mm. performance pay and stuff like that and always absorbing everything and I always put myself around them circles to see what it'd be like so when it came to my time of turning professional I was I was quite clever and I was quite you know ready to, to do it at Tempro quite it's important that you switched on isn't it it's yeah, important because yeah. you can get skanked in this business first and foremost boxing is a business yeah, yeah, and yeah. if you approach it as a sport you will quickly be found wanting mm. if you put, approach it solely as a sport because it is not just a sport it is purely a business from that perspective and I remember being in a meeting one time with a man who I thought was my friend and who I thought business will always be okay and it'll be handled and the words he says to me was, this was after a couple of years of being a professional, we sit down to a, agree a pace or whatever it was, and the words that he said to me was, Tone, always remember, I love you as a friend and you're a very good person, but this is not personal, this is purely business. And I said, it's purely personal to me, because remember, my life's on the line, I'm the one who's going to fight. And he said, no, 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 you're mixing it up, it's just business. And I've, I've learned the hard way. Hmm. So, you know, any I, I, I speak to young amateurs, or, or, or you know what, even outstanding amateurs I speak to and I say to them I still remember speaking to Anthony Joshua after he won a gold medal and sitting there he's going Tone the money's not there and I said trust me son it is going to be there eventually and he says who should I go with where should I go and I said do this 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 and this and, and, and he, he went his own way and took his own path but for me personally I speak to these young these amateurs and these established amateurs now going around the world and I say to them don't believe all the hype just because you got people see you on TV. They think automatically you're a millionaire. Yeah, and they see you doing this and they see you doing that. See you're a nice car. They haven't got the slightest idea of what you've got to go through to get where you've got. I didn't just turn up and find myself a Goodison Park. My whole career has led to Goodison Park. Mm. The ups, the downs, the 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 losses. That it, it's all led to this and and all of me a lifetime's worth of work is going to go into Sunday and I can't emphasise enough that boxing is not glitz and glamour it's a brutal business and you have to have the right people around you the right mentality going in and also a massive massive part of my success especially 
towards you know what from the start the massive part of my is the people I have around me yeah. they wouldn't want to be I could sit here and name them one by one well there's not even it's not even one two or three yeah 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 they wouldn't want to be named because they don't want that kind of things but I know you're listening Baldy so <laughs> he's one of them uh, <laughs> it's important that though isn't it because yeah. you just mentioned some young superstars like we've been speaking to Anthony Fowler recently haven't we about his yeah. road to Rio and stuff like that and I've no doubt if he gets a gold medal there'll be some Klingons knocking oh, about won't there they'll be all over him believe me I, I've seen I've seen cycles happen as you see fighters come and go. Mm. And I've seen a fighter, I've seen a fighter start a professional career and he had three men around him. I now see the same fighter, he has 15 men around him. When he arrives at the changing rooms, he has to have two separate changing rooms, one for the team to, to sort out all the stuff, the other one for him and his coach. Two separate changing rooms. Unbelievable. It's, um, and I've seen that firsthand. Mm. Now, I also see other guys I've met mega stars over the years. You Mike Tyson, your Frank Bruno's. Uh, I met Floyd Mayweather recently. I had a good chat with him. So I've met these guys. Oh, we've seen you. We've seen you pausing with him, man. We've seen I'm, you on the I'm selfies, very, giving it the bigger very, with Floyd. Very, very privileged <laughs> to have met these people and pick their brains and see how they move. But the way they move is big, huge entourage. That's just never been my style. Hmm. I wouldn't like to sit here and say, you know, I'm a one-man band because I'm far from it. I have a great support team around me. I have a couple of friends who I trust with me life. Uh, and that's about it, really. I'm, I'm my missus. And I don't really have much else, but I have seen these entourages grow in front of me eyes. I've seen guys turn up with three guys and all of a sudden... He's on the verge of a world title. He's got fifteen men in the dressing yeah. room, and, and what are they doing? Yeah, you know what are they doing? Do you think that? Do you think that's why massage egos? Because that's all a lot of them do. Yeah. do. Do you think that's why you've got such a, a particular fan base? Uh, because people see you as. Do you know what? One I, of them. I, I can't. I don't believe I've got fans. I just believe I've got people who. who Mate, you sold twenty five thousand tickets at weekend, pal. <laughs> <laughs> they're not coming for. They're not coming for a picnic. <laughs> do you know what? I, I don't like saying oh I've got fans because it makes me sound like something I'm not. I'd prefer just say people enjoy watching people having a fight, and I'm quite good at having a fight. And I don't like to say like when people meet me. I know what you mean. And they ask for pictures. I, I feel like saying to them sometimes, listen, you know, I, I'm no one special. Or a man met me yesterday at the on my way into the media workout, and he said to me, "You're my idol." And I said, "Mate, listen to me. I shouldn't be your idol." I said because I am, I am, I am no one's idol. I am. I've been audible at times in my life, and I've done some mad things and audible things. But I understand your point from a boxing with you. But trust me, mate. There's there's better people out there to idolise. Yeah, but it's that attitude. What you're that's saying now. You're that's what. That's why you're an idol. Exactly. You know that's I mean? why people look up to you because of that attitude because you don't surround yourself with the big massive hangers on you don't walk around with big diamond watches you don't go to nightclubs and do everything it's else you're down to wear family man <laughs> yeah until we win the belt yeah exactly yeah. trying to afford the chain and the water can we'll get there man yeah, we'll get, get there. there let's not get there listen yeah. back back when we you know just on was, that just on that quick my favourite Tony Bell you story is about nightclubs is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, that must be a very rare one because it's very, very rare. I'm no, you're not in it. You're oh, not in it. Okay. I, didn't, I was going to say it. I was on a handful what of occasions in the last five years. I don't know whether it's right true or not. That's why you're in it. So okay. I'll ask you the question. 16 years of age, were you a doorman? Yes. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's true. 16? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You must have been a big lad at 16 no, years what, of age, man. I, it's not really fair to say. Fueled by KFC when you <laughs> were 16. I, I, what, yeah, I was a big lad. I was 15 and 15 stone. Uh, <laughs> I, it's not fair to say I was a doorman and say as if I was standing on the front of a door. I was to secure 
security in the 051 on the DJ box. And you know, to be totally honest, it was worse down there than it was <laughs> the front yeah, door because yeah. you've got 10 men there with you. Yeah. I used to stand on a DJ box and people like Paul Ince <laughs> would come up to me and go, move out the way, kid. And i go, who do you think you're talking to? You don't look at me like I'm some kid. And he'd come in, smoke. He was a professional football player. He'd come in, smoking his ciggies, bottle of champagne in his hand. And, and 20 women behind him with, with another five players or whoever it was. And I was, it was, it and was you were 16. And I was yeah. 15, 16. And I would go, listen, don't talk to me like that. I'll flatten you. And then the amount of times I'd see Lee Butler or Pez tell us, or Dave Graham come and go, listen, don't mess, don't, he's not, he do this or that. You know, he's not soft. You know, don't take that appearance because I looked like basically a, a baby faced, a, a, a fat, a, 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 a big fat boy. That's yeah. what I looked like—a big fat <laughs> child, a big fat. So the, so the beard wasn't there, the facial hair wasn't oh, there. No, no, I no. didn't have facial hair. Mate, when he won his first novice ABA titles, that's exactly how he looked. I remember yeah. interviewing him saying, Tony, "What a big fat boy!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, I wasn't <laughs> even saying, "Tony, He's you not know, even messing." I was. You, you want this? That you've just won like your second novice ABA title, and next year you're going to go into the proper ABAs, and you know what? What training do you do? I eat KFC the night before. <laughs> he was eating great. KFC bargain buckets. Fantastic, mate. You know when I won my first ABA title. I'd come up from 81 kilos in the space of four weeks because we were preparing for the ABAs and I'd won the novices in the December and mm. the full ABAs was coming around next year in the following March. So there was going to be three guys going at 81 kilos. There was going to be me, myself, Paul Keir and Mick Whitty. So we said, okay, there's other people like Joe Ains go doing 81 kilos in the area. So we said, well, what we'll do is if we get drawn against each other, We'll just have to do what we've got to do. Yeah. So Mick said, you know what, lads? I'm going to move up to 91, so there's only two at 81. So Mick goes, okay, I'll move up to 91. A week to go before the way, and he goes, listen, I'm 86 kilo, I just can't get to 91. So me being the soft last, soft ass I am, <laughs> I walked into the coach room and I went, listen, I've had an idea. I'll do 91 kilo. And I remember Steve Spencer looking at me going, He's just being greedy. That's all you need to say. He just wants to feed. Because I was killing myself to do 81 kilos. And I went, listen, I'm going to do, I'll do 91 kilos and I'll piss these eight <laughs> Watch. They were going, no, no, no. And it was Duke and Mick McAllister, John Doolan, and Mick McAllister, who said, listen, let him have his go and warbo. And uh, anyway, it got to, it, within four to five days, I was 91 kilos. I put 10 kilos. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> It was not an issue. It was not an issue. Four to five. I was walking on eighty-four kilo. I gained like seven kilos within within the space of three days. So Can't I see the Colonel and his special recipe. This was long Can't before just... whey protein shakes <laughs> yeah, and all that. Mate, this was, there was proper no, junk food. There was no way of CMP in me diet at that stage. Mate, let me tell you. So uh, I done ninety-one kilo, and you know what? I, I was supposed to just go in the ABAs that year just to gain experience, and I ended up going in. And albeit I had a really tough fight with a guy from the Kirkdale, because when Rotunda and Kirkdale box you, they're Rotunda and Solly. Yeah. It's rivalry. Yeah, yeah. And I remember going against the fellow who was six foot four. I think he's a copper now. I think his name Mick Cadillac was. And I remember Nick reporting on it and stuff like that. But I, I, I got, I sneaked past him. I beat him because this was the only time I'd had, up to this stage, I'd had 12 fights. <laughs> I'd won 11 and I'd knocked 10 out. Yeah. And that is unheard of as an amateur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. The one that the one I'd got dis- I got disqualified in one of the fights anyway. So to cut along to short, I went on. I won that ABAs that year, and then I just got propelled. And I've never looked back since then. My mm. first ABA title, I won that first ABA title. I beat Sam Sexton in the quarterfinals in in Everton Park in probably one of the best amateur fights you'll ever see, and that is not even exaggerating. It was an amazing amateur fight. Uh, and then I went on to the final and beat the reigning ABA champion Mick O'Connell from mm. the Navy. Yeah. Uh, 
And and ever since I won that, because I never believed I was good enough to win an ABA title. And the man who I idolised and missed more than anyone in this world, that Jimmy Albertina, he'd not long passed away before that. Yeah. And it broke my heart. But when I won it, it was purely for him. And and I felt well, he'd never had a heavyweight champion. Had no, he? he'd never had an ABA heavyweight champion. And and I, it makes I remember sobbing, crying my eyes after I'd won it after it, and thinking back to myself, I've won it for him, but. I was happy to finish boxing in that day. I swear on my kids, I was I would have been happy just wow. walking away from because I achieved that ABA title, and that was more than I thought I was good enough to do. You know, the week later, and the night after I won the ABA title, me and my family were celebrating, drinking pints after pints, and then a fellow comes to me with a letter gets given to me the next day or the next morning. You're going to be boxing for England on the following Saturday in Scotland. <laughs> And I was like, I don't really drink, you know, but I've just swallowed about four pints and I'm absolutely palatic and I feel I've got a hangover the next day. And you're like, yeah, you're going to Scotland, so you're going to represent England in the Four Nations. And I just look at this roller coaster that's happened ever since then. Yeah. It's just, it hasn't stopped. And I haven't, I haven't even sat down and digested, you know what, for God's sake, I've been part of a Rocky movie. I yeah. haven't sat down and mm. just thought, from where I've come from, I'm from Waverty, Portman Road, off Smithdown Road, off Lawrence Road. That's where I'm from, and that's what I'm about. And if you're from them places, you'd understand what I'm what I'm talking about. It's a place of, it's a tough place, tough, but yeah. it's a great place, mate. And it I is. love it. My mother still lives there. Uh, well, I grew up Kempton Road, yeah, which is just off the uh, off Smithdown as well. Smith same Down as well. exact same area. So my youth centres are now all <clears> destroyed. The Wreck, the Rodney. Uh, I know the Artel still there. We played there very frequently. Uh, the Unity on Lodgy. They were all my areas of where we used to mix. Me, Danzy, Devro. Gaggy Walker, there's so many lads who I've grew up with from school. I've still got the same friends. I'm going to ask you that. Friends. Are you still like I've same still, crew? Me, yeah. my closest friends are the ones I went to school with still. Yeah. So I've, there's about 10 of us. And Danzy, who's uh, Danzy playing for now? Neil plays for Bolton. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't really say. Oh, Neil Danz? He yeah. would have put Blackburn. My yeah, team. He would have put Blackburn for a bit, yeah. That's where he signed his first professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, hijacked him from Lillishall after he was supposed to stay at Liverpool and uh, he signed for Graham soon as at Blackburn Rovers. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, and I remember going up to Blackburn Rovers because I was a young aspiring amateur and meeting the likes of David Dunn, uh, Damien Duff. Well, Dunny's a big boxing fan. Dunny, Huge, but I, I get on great with Dunny, and I, I remember Dunny said to me, "He says you can have a fight, says, you little pudding, you can't fight." <laughs> and I remember, he remember laughing and joking with him, and I said, "Lad, I will punch your head." And believe you me, when I say I'm going to be a world champion, and I had, I had, you know, at that stage, I hadn't even won the ABA title yet, and they were, they were thinking, "He's talking nonsense, this fellow." Will now look, you know, everything I said yeah, yeah. as a kid, mate. When I was a sixteen-year-old kid, I was telling people. I was going to the 051 gym just to train off my own back, do a bit of boxing. I was telling people, listen, I'm going to box for England. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But in the back of my mind, I, I didn't really believe it. But if you keep telling yourself enough, yeah, you'll keep striving for it. And I just, I always wanted more. That's the big thing with me. It's never enough. Hmm. And no matter what I've done, I want more. And until I get to the to the end, and the end is being world champion next Sunday, mate. That's the best way to say. It. I've always just I've won an ABA title. Then it was Four Nations. Four Nations. I want to go to a major tournament. Go to a major tournament. I want to turn professional. Turn professional. British, British Commonwealth, yeah, yeah. European. Yeah. Be, you know, fight for world titles. Do this. Do that. I've beaten former world champions. I've beaten number one contenders. I've beat European champions. I've won everything I can possibly do. The icing on the cake. Is the green and gold, man. Is the belt, mate, yeah. It's, it's the, the green and gold. I've, it's the only thing I've got left to achieve in the sport. And when I achieve that, I will have achieved more than I ever, ever dreamed possible, to be totally honest. On the on the weight thing that you were talking yeah. about before? Yeah. With what you just said to me then, how on God's green earth, when you were a pro, did you get down to light heavy? Mate, you don't want to know. 
Well, there was when it happened when you first signed. You were with Frank yeah. one at the time. The rumor in the industry was he'll never get down to light heavy. Yeah. Well, light heavy's what one one seven five pounds, yeah. Yes, yeah. but it was Tony. Tony come out and said, "I'm turning pro and I'm doing light heavy," and everyone in the industry went. Yeah. Three-time ABA heavyweight champion dropping two weight divisions, yeah. no chance. And not just two weight divisions to the casual listener is what fourteen pounds, but it's not. This is massive. But oh, even yeah, between yeah. cruiser and and light heavy, it's like twenty-five pounds, isn't it? It's of course, pounds, the biggest weight jump in any division in boxing. So. So you've well, come bigger than that. What, £35 to drop? Yes. Well, so what was crazy was when, I, when I'd done the lights every week, everyone said, and that's what fueled me. Mm. When people say, we won't can't do it, he do can't it. do it. And people t- t- telling promoters down there, he is, listen, he won't do lights every week. He's not a dedicated professional. He's not this, he's not that. And there was people in the industry saying them things about me. And then it comes to the stage where I got there and you know, you know what, on my pro debut, I think I weighed 12 stone 8 or 12 stone 7. And the Dean Powell, you know, God rest Dean's soul, mm-hmm. he's, he's passed away now, but Dean Powell said to me, make 12 tanks. If you make 12 tanks, you can make 12 seven. And I always remember Dave Caldwell is the person who got me to sign my first professional forms uh, after meeting with him. He'd done it for Frank. I went up uh, at the weigh-in and Dave looked at me and he went, and I seen his eyes, and you don't look like the same person. <laughs> and I said, don't worry about it, I'll be cool, I'm only fighting a genuine. But that caught up in the end. You know, I did used to have to drain myself really bad. But on my pro debut, I weighed 12 stone 7 or 12 stone 8 just to prove to people, look, I can do it. I can make lights every week. And yeah. they were like, I remember sitting up having a six pack. I used to have a six pack for 24 hours. <laughs> that was all I had a six pack for. When I was making lights every week, I'd have a six pack. I've literally got pictures on my phone, abs for 24 hours, gone an hour later, gone, gone by the Wow. Phone. And that's exactly how it used to go. I used to gain like anywhere between 16 and 17 pounds from fight to, 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 to the ring. Every single Within time. 24 hours. That's Within amazing. 20, every time I do like every week. I mean, this time I'll gain, I'll gain 10. Yeah. 10, 12 pound. That'll be it. And, and I'll be done with that. But at like every week, you'd have no idea. You know, the cut, the struggle will come down from 15 stone, no problem. 15 stone easy. And and, and that's not even trying. If I, if, so, I go, if I go on holiday with my kids and my missus, I'm 15 and a half, 16. Like, from this camp, I've come down from 16, 16 plus, to be honest. I shouldn't say that, but I'm honest, so who cares? Who gives a shit? 16 mm. plus, I've come down from. Because I enjoyed the premiere of the movie Creed. I enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the... Uh, them free canapés, man. Yeah, Get them canapés in. I enjoyed the spoils of uh, <laughs> of my victory at Goodison Park over at Donna's Creed. <laughs> so, you know, I have cut down an awful lot from the weight, and uh, I don't advise it to professionals, but ultimately... I am a top professional. My 12 weeks I've dedicated my body and give everything I possibly could to this camp and this fight. And on Sunday, the 29th of May, mate, I will become world champion. On the, on the back of Creed, obviously, you got <laughs> rave reviews for your acting yeah, ability madness, as well. Like, everyone nailed it. And everyone that was in the film was like, it's got a massive future here. Yeah, has the phone been gone? Has, has people been on the phone to Gary saying there's opportunities <laughs> here to do the next kickboxer movie? Do you or? know what? Uh, I have had that questions asked of me and, and the great um, Winkler, uh, people who know the movie and will know of that name. Yeah, he said to me, son, just, just leave this business that you're in now and just come to us and act. He said, yeah. you've got work wherever you want it. Serious? Yes, he said to me, you could be an actor tomorrow. He said, move out to LA, you will get work, trust me. He said, boy, you can act. And I was like, it's great listening to things like that. Sometimes they say that to pick you, bug you up, but he said that made long after the movie had finished. So he said, he told me that that two days before the premiere, after I'd spent time with him. Uh, And Sly was the same to me, he said, Tone. I love that. He, he said, he said, Sly Sly was the same. Sly just, you know, he just just, had it. He'd sit down, we had breakfast, and he'd say, Tone. Your, your business you're in so so hard son he said just, just 
He said the first sentence was, get everything you can out of business shit and then come and join us. Wow. So. But that, that's it's just, and is that something that you want to do? Because I, I watch you doing the punditry, and you're wicked at that as I, well. So I what love, do you want to do? I, I love. I, I want to stay in boxing in some capacity because I love fighting. I, I, I can't fight forever, obviously, uh, and I, I I I won't tell lies and say I want to do a Bernard Hopkins and fight with him fifty because I don't. I want to enjoy. Well, I basically I'm fighting to secure my kids' future. Yeah, yeah. You got a young that, family, man. That's all I'm fighting for, and I'll be totally honest. It's good. I'm fight. I want. I want to create a legacy. This fight's purely for legacy. Yeah. This fight isn't for money. I'm telling you that now. I know everyone's gonna say fighting goes park. The money must be astronomical. It's not. The yeah. costs are astronomical to put it on. Yeah, yeah. Of course. But what I will say is, this fight's about legacy. I'm doing something that no one's ever done before, yeah. and and I win this fight. I'm going to go down history books. And, and it's gonna, a great story for your grandkids, yeah, isn't it, man? Come I'm, on, let's I'm, be straight. You're a little old man in front of the fire going, come yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> Granddad Tony's got a little bit of a story for you, sunshine. Let's put the I'm, telly on. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, once I win on Sunday, I'm going to be talked about amongst the greats exactly. of, of boxing. What a story, country. man. It's, it's just a great so story, isn't it, for years and years and years. Never mind the greats of me city. I'm going to be talking about one of the greats of boxing in this country. How'd you top that, then? How'd you, you know... I mean, he goes to the movies, man. He's, he's packing it in. He's off to Hollywood, no, isn't he? No. Can't look past Sunday. You know but what? I, I, I win Sunday and then I unify the division. Yeah. I go straight in with Dennis Lebedev after he won on Saturday. So I've, we spoke to the Russians and, and they want to do it as well. So I'm not going to Russia. Uh, not surprised, mate. Take your own water out there, yeah, sunshine. The You're getting right, bother. You, you know the story. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to Russia. Uh, he might not come to England. So, you know, the US is a possibility. I don't know. But whatever it is, I, if once I've unified the division, I'll fight. I'll have a couple of fights in every week, and then maybe I'll join the movies. At what point? Oh, did, did you see that then? He, that slipped the under movies. that, didn't it? That slipped right under. <laughs> maybe I'll join the movies. Bollocks! You're joining the movies. <laughs> exactly. Didn't it? He's getting yeah, right no, in there. There's nothing past. There's no. There's no way. I ain't signed any contracts as of yet. So yeah, but you enjoyed it. Right. I did love it. You know what? I, I'll be totally honest. When I first came back home after doing the movie, I regretted doing it. Why? Because I, I came home. And I've got a young boy. I have my only kids are young, but I've got the uh, my son was when I left the stand she's three now. He was nearly two when I left. This is your youngest, yeah? My youngest yet. So I left and I was away for three months and that doesn't that January till March. Yeah, I that know doesn't what you mean. sound a long time, but no, no, you mean. it was heartbreaking. He didn't come over to America once because I couldn't allow because I work 12 hours every day, Monday to Friday in the movies. That's the, that's the time you do. Yeah. And I live with them through FaceTime. And when I got home, it broke my heart. He groaned. Oh. He was a different kid. And mate, it, different it, language, walking, yeah, all these he, types he, of things. Yeah. Walking, talking, having conversations. And it broke my heart. He was like, Dad, where have you been? And I was like, Oh, mate, it broke my heart. It yeah, really yeah. did break my heart. And it wasn't until the premiere where I was happy I'd done the movie because right up until the premiere, I regretted doing it. Because wow. it, 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 it had a big effect on me career, yeah, 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 boxing yeah. career, because I had no fights, no one cared about me. I just beat the Taff in a massive uh, rematch. I, I, everything was there set for me to fight for the world title in the March. And I went away and done the movie instead. And when I came back from the movie, I was in the wilderness. No one cared mm. about me anymore. No one cared. No one wants to know. Eddie stood by me, and I've got to give him props for that. He gave me an eight rounder on one, 10 rounder in Liverpool, like mm. Arena, mm-hmm. and then he stuck me on an eight rounder in Leeds to keep me sharp and keep me warm. And he paid me good money for doing them two fights he did, to be fair. It's not life changing money, but it was it was good for an eight round fight. It was really good money. And I, yeah. and I, I owe my hands up to him. And, he, and like I say, I don't call people friends lightly. Eddie's been good to me, mate. And I, and I, I wouldn't say I owe him because I've always performed on my best one, but I owe him. <laughs> But that, uh, that three months away, 
when the boys were on the red carpet. Yeah. That's when you must have well, thought yeah, it was worth it. You know now. what? It, when, they when, must have been so proud. When 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 the kids, when my son, my eldest boy, and me me middle boy met Sly and stuff like that, because I couldn't take the baby. And, I, and people saying, "Why didn't you have the baby?" We just said, "Listen, mate, you've seen a three-year-old when, <laughs> yeah. when he when he gets out of the I am popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even get to watch the middle film of the premiere. We went from the premiere. We met everybody who we needed to meet. One of others, others doing all kinds of things, and then we all but the, the cast and the team yeah, went but. for a meal. And I brought my kids with me. Right. I told them, listen, I'm, I can't come for the meal unless my kids come, my, my missus comes with me. I know what this this room, you go in the room, there was security outside the room, and you went into this room, it was like the size of a studio for like 10 people at a big dinner table. So my boys are sitting there. You've got Sly, Aaron Winkler, <laughs> the director, Ryan Michael Kugler, B. BJ, yeah. Tessa. And, and, and they're my friends, it's mad to say they're my friends now, but when I sat there and I was about to have my food, my missus just nudged me and went, she just smiled and she didn't even need to say nothing. She just smiled and I went, mad in it, girl. Just mad in it, girl. And she just, we just laugh. You know what? We lie there sometimes just thinking of how far we've come. Because listen, I've been with Rachel since she was, I've known her since she was nine years old, me missus. Wow. And we've been together since she was 17 and I was 18. Uh, and I can't always claim to be the, the, this great big boyfriend because I'm not. And it's not the, oh, we were in, we're in love with this big lovely couple. I'm not going to talk nonsense and shite by saying that, but we've been together, me through thick and thin, and to be where it's we are man. today, is, yeah, is she, without her I couldn't do it. And to be where I am today, mate, is just, it's crazy. Like I said, I've just, I feel like I've just passed through my life there with all the talking we've done for the last hour long, but mate, that's, that's, she's been there from the start and she'll be there at the finish, mate. Next film, then you'll have to get yourself. Now you're a big superstar. No, you have to get your own no, trailer. No. You get all that stuff. <laughs> in. Yeah, but you can move the family into. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a little Winnebago thing. I have my own trailer, and, and Gary was with me, and I have my own trailer. So, because he was uh, my assistant uh, trainer in the movie, yeah, yeah, it, they gave him like you'd have a trailer on the size of your role. So I was right. the fourth. Most yeah, you're a bit, yes. I was, fourth, I was the fourth most important person on the movie. <laughs> so I had a big trailer that could fit a couple of people in. And Gary had a toilet cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he walked in, he opened the door, he looked at it and he just went, lad, I'm coming in your toilet with you. And I said, not a problem, come out. And when I look back now, we cry laughing. You know, without guys, I, cu- I couldn't have done that movie because, uh, like I said, I lived in LA for 11, 11 and a bit weeks. Yeah. And he came it's a mad place in itself, uh, that gaff, isn't it? Sorry, not LA. I lived in <clears throat> Philadelphia for 11 and a bit weeks in the city, in the centre of Philadelphia and that's crazy on its own. But he came out after four and Gaz is a businessman, he's a busy person yeah. and he took the time out to come out there with me and we you know what we had a laugh we had jokes but that's the only thing I regret was the time away from the kids because there's one thing in life you can't get back is time once it's gone of course, yeah. it's yeah. gone you can never get it back and that time away while it was great it's surreal what I've done I can never get that time back and I missed it my kids but ultimately I've, I've I've made something that they know you know what that's my old fella yeah, exactly. when I'm thinking about when I'm getting older now I'm already bleeding old I've got grey ears and everything <laughs> but uh, when they get as I get older they'll come back and they'll say you know what that's my old fella and, and he was in a Rocky film the first British person to ever be in a can you, can you imagine Christmas at the Bell using about 30 years from now right <laughs> when the grandkids are coming round and like the, your kids are going oh bloody hell dad's doing the stories again man <laughs> <laughs> He's doing the story guess, again. Guess what it, film we're watching after that? Oh, God. <laughs> then we're going to watch the fight or when he beat that macabre guy. <laughs> yes, Dad. We know. <laughs> this is why I don't want my kids ever to box. I don't ever want them to fight. You know, my eldest wants to go to the boxing gym and do stuff like that. And well, your youngest got in the ring with you yesterday, didn't Yeah, the baby does, but that's just purely to just keep him happy. Yeah, it's, it's not, yeah it's never going to happen for real because... 
like I said at the start of this conversation, this business isn't glitz and glamour. Mm. It's not. Yeah. It, it don't believe what you see on camera because that all that you're seeing on camera is smiley faces, happy days. No one sees the far five in the morning runs. No one sees the lift and the weights continuously. No one sees me getting punched in the face in the gym on a regular basis. I have good days in sport and I have bad days. It's been days where I've paid guys 200 quid and they've hammered the life out of me because mm. I've just yeah. I've been that tired that day. That there's nothing I could do. So you're paying someone to punch. To are, punch are you? Are you? Do, I know you say that you're doing this for your kids. Are you yeah. doing this because of where you've come from? Yeah. Opportunities were probably maybe a little bit smaller for you. Listen, there was yeah. more chance of me. Uh, I'll wait this as best as I can but the, I had there was no hopes out there for someone like me to be a doctor or a, or a, or a scientist or a arts whatever like my eldest brother my eldest brother's an accountant my me second eldest brother is a graphic designer based in London uh, for me I wasn't the bright one out of, out of us all I, I, I'm thick to be honest I'm not thick but you know I, I'm stupid you're talking yeah you're talking I'm, academics now yes academically yeah. I'm, I'm poor I wasn't good at school you know Uh I was lashed out of school at a late, very late in the day from school, but I was lashed out and asked to come back because they realised what I'd done. I'd done for a reason and defended the teacher. Uh, you can imagine what that was after I'd lamped some kid absolutely everywhere and knocked out of his teeth out. But uh, <laughs> I, I, academically, mate, I wasn't very good. And um, my way out was going to be... And Although I always believed it'd be football, I always believed I was going to play forever, mate. Even at 16... I was I was playing for a man. You were fifteen stone, mate. You know yeah, what I mean. No, you were nailing KFC. You've got it. Adam, we, there's a theme here as well. We talked about this before. Guess what position Tony plays? Like every other boxer, what position? He's got to be standing forward, hasn't he? Centre fireworks, <laughs> of course he is. Centre fireworks. Up front, and that's where I play. Means I score goals. You were a big Duncan Ferguson, you weren't you? That's what you wanted I to be. I loved it. I loved it. If you, and I usually Only play with your head. Yeah, I was playing. I was playing up until. I'm not going to say it on here, but not that long ago I was still playing and I remember... Well, hang on a minute. Caldwell, who's been on here, he yeah. plays every Monday night. Are you involved in his five-a-side? No, I play Wednesdays. <laughs> 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 That's just between mates, though. Uh, do you know what? I was? I wanted to carry on playing Sunday, but I can't. But the first thing I'll do, the minute the, the boxing stops, well, yeah. you know, I have to stop it. I'll have my own Sunday league team over 35s league and I'll have my own team without a shadow of a doubt. I can't wait to start playing Sunday league and I miss playing football so, so much. That's the biggest love of my life. I just wish I could have been a footballer, but this is the closest Second thing best I can thing get this, it, man, to isn't be it? into football. God, yeah. I'm going to fight at Goodison Park. I'm going to be in the home dressing room. Uh, and there's not 10 teammates it's just for you oh, mate listen yeah, that's exactly. the big difference Romelu used to always say to me I'd love to be able to box like that you know I say listen Ron you wouldn't mate yeah. because <laughs> it's this simple these 10 aren't walking out with you yeah. you're on your jack yeah. and the other fellow wants to hurt you he doesn't even want to take a ball off you he wants to physically hurt you and he'll do anything he can to hurt you and he just said yeah on, on second thoughts on second thoughts on second thoughts I'll just stick to the football they're <laughs> <laughs> just madness listen I, I, no, I thought we'd get I thought we'd get a squad number didn't you get us I thought you might have got a squad number oh, off the no, club no I just, what, I, what I, I do is I just, I, just walk, I just walk in to Finch Farm and I'll just look around at the kits and, and usually means I'll try and take number nine Runners, but the, the kid's small on me now, so I like to I could have got it on, but it's too tight on me. So I just go up to Rom's and say 10. Yeah, and Rom gives me his boots anyway to play footy on a Wednesday. It's magic, I'm turning up to footy on a Wednesday. And Whose I've got boots the, you got on? And I've got Rom's boots on, and they go, Lad, 
they just look at me and just shake their head. What colour are they? Are they like a luminous got, pink or I've something? Got, no, I've got grey ones with a bright orange and they've got his nephew's names on them and stuff and then Lukaku with the Belgian badge on and stuff. He just to be fair, Tony, if you turn up with like illuminous boots, nobody's going to say out yeah, to you, they are they? don't It's only when we get on the pitch because I say they're all my school friends on the pitch who I play with on a Wednesday. 12 weeks before they do stop playing. Well, six. <laughs> uh, <and> Yesterday. Then, <laughs> and then uh, I play with them and listen to the banter and the... the, uh, the Something special about that, the isn't it? noise there? on that pitch, mate. You just see, uh, when we play our game on a Wednesday at seven o'clock on goals... Competitive? It, listen, it's on. <laughs> Nick's dodged it a few times, yeah, mate. Yeah, his yeah. ass has fell out of yeah. his pants a couple of times now. And he, I've had a few invites I need to get there. I, know what, I want to be no fit before the goal because I know what they like. Listen, it's a good standard. Yeah, it's a good it standard. Is, I have pros there. Some pros good come. Standard. Is Danzy in? Is Danzy come he, down and have a day? He's been known to Does show his club face. know? <laughs> he, he's been known to show his face in a oh, season. <laughs> he's been known to show his face at them times. Uh, Jay Mennett, I've had all kinds up there playing with us, and uh, the standard is competitive, mate, and fierce. Because I, if I am, I, I cannot lose an. You're talking, you're talking, aren't you? Mate, you give them a bollocking, don't you? If they're out of position, I tell them, and they scream back until it, until I look back. <laughs> Listen, gobsh, get in there, get stuck in there, and I. It's over. It's talking stops. When the whites of the eyes come down, shit, yeah. shit. Exactly. Oh, I stepped it too far there. <laughs> yeah, mate. It's I love playing football. That was always my dream. So you know what? I've even played at Goodison Park. How much that? I played for charity and stuff like that. So all these things. No playing Sunday though. No, I was, no I was supposed Sunday. to. I was supposed to play. You know what? I swear to God, cocky. He looks after a lot of things for me, and. Uh, he, 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 I went to Goodison Park today. I had to pick up more tickets to get to sell more, and I was picking up. Went listen, lad. What you reckon? Actually, I'll tell you when it was. It was the last game of the season, the Norwich game. He said, "Can you just make an appearance twenty minutes on the pitch next week?" He said, "Lad, everyone will love it." And I, I just looked at him, and I just went, "Do you realise what's at stake? I'm gonna run on a, on a pitch, you stupid idiot!" And he went, "I'm dead sorry, mate. I'm dead sorry." <laughs> Gary just looked at Gary just looked at him, and that was the fit. He just shook his head as if to say, "Where are you? Where's your head at?" He said, "No, just twenty minutes. I just run up and down the line." And I was like. <laughs> Stop it now. Yeah, run up and down the line, sip, crack an ankle, crack yeah, an ankle. Yeah, yeah. The thing with me is not, I'd fight with it. That's that's the sad part about me. I have fought with some crazy injuries from cracked hands to cracked ribs to broken noses. I went into that Masternak fight with a nose halfway across my face and then he just broke it even more when we started fighting. It was a... Uh, because I can't, I don't like, I've only ever pulled out of one fight in my life and that was the Oval McKenzie rematch and then we ended up doing it because I genuinely did crack my rib and I thought it was broke but it was just quite a heavy crack and uh, that's the only time I've ever pulled out of a fight. I've still fought on with injuries. It happens, boxing camps are all the same, mate. In boxing camps, no one's getting through a 12-week camp and you're not coming out with no niggles or no knocks or bumps. It's not possible. Hmm. Get punched every other 10 weeks, something's going to happen and you've just got to be able to deal with it. So Sunday, there's so many, <clears throat> not just Liverpool lads, but we you spoke about it earlier as well. Jimmy Albo lads, <sighs> do you know what I mean? Was 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 Albo a blue as well? Yeah, Jimmy was a blue. Like, God, so was. you know, he's going to be looking down you know this what? Sunday. How oh, much pride nice. is that? Did, not not just, but the Albertina family as well. I hope they they I hope they feel the pride of if they will. I was what, at, I was what at, he's made. I was at Jimmy's house on Wednesday night. I stopped by and seen Bernie. Jimmy's wife and, and, and there's two lads James and Mikey and they're just like little brothers to me Yeah. and Bernie's like an auntie uh, so you know seeing them and I've seen how they were uh, and you know what it just breaks me up but they, they, they're part of my family mate so I miss Jimmy massively 
I miss him more than anything in the world. And this, I didn't have that long with him, so it, but it's not. I don't. I don't. I'm not a person who believes in it's how long you spend with someone. It's about the quality of time yeah, you spend absolutely. with them, what you do when you're with them. Like Paul, Paul Smith, and all the Smith, but they must have spent over a decade with Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. I spent. I think it was three years with Jimmy, and and in them three years, mate, he changed me. If it wasn't for Jimmy Albertine, I wouldn't be boxing now, because no coach could ever really get hold of me and and put me on the straight and narrow. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to be with the the wrong people away from boxing and I wanted to be around that because I thought it was cool and I wanted mm. to be and I always wanted to uh, everyone that dreams of making money and I always wanted to be and I'd never seen any money to be made in amateur boxing and then mm. it was him who got it round to me with hard work and this this and this he, always, he believed in me talent and you know what Carrie and Jimmy is one of the proudest moments of my life Carrie and Jimmy Albertina is one of them lads who carried them on that day uh, and what they done is the way they set it up the, the carrying of Jimmy is they had two former ABA champions two present 